Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knudsen had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. In today's episode, I talk with Joseph Barker, a licensed professional engineer and traffic operations engineer from Stantec. We've yet to do an episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast quite like this one. And the reason I say that is because Joseph is gay. He's a gay individual and he wasn't always comfortable sharing that in the civil engineering space. In fact, the first company that he worked for, he didn't share it with anyone. He didn't feel comfortable enough to share it with anyone. And it was a pretty difficult experience for him where basically he was going to work every day and he wasn't allowed to be himself. He was obviously hiding something that was very critical to who he was. And so he posted an article online about this because he now works for Stantec and they are very supportive of the LGBTQ community and they have a space for it. And so now he works there and everything is 180 degrees difference and it's great. And he's going to talk about that. But he wrote an article about how he finally came to realize that he was an asset to companies, not the opposite. And I read the article on LinkedIn. It was very touching. And that's why I reached out to Joseph and I invited him to come on the show and talk about his situation. Because as I say in the interview, the importance of this interview to me is understanding that whether you're gay or whatever the situation may be, if you have something that you're hiding or something that you're not comfortable with, you're not going to be able to have a happy and engaging career. And so I think it's the responsibility of organizations to create comfortable frameworks for people, all people. And also, of course, there are some responsibilities on the part of the individual to kind of seek that help. And Joseph found his way to Stantec because he took it upon himself. And so I'm excited to share this episode with you. Before we get into the interview with Joseph, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Be sure to stick around later on in this podcast for my essential career advancement tips. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical advice and the best resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners from PPI. Believe me, you won't want to miss it. I also just want to mention briefly that we do run a five-week online workshop called the Engineering Management Accelerator Workshop. You can find out the details at engineer2manager, that's engineer2manager.com. We have a track for individuals and a track for corporate enrollment where corporations can enroll teams. And essentially what we do is we help the participants to become more effective managers. So whether you are a manager or you're aspiring to be one, this course will help you build the skills you need. It will help you build better communication skills. You can communicate more effectively with clients and with team members. It'll help you learn how to build your expertise, become an expert in your field, public speaking, how to network and build relationships, how to be more productive, how to be a high leverage leader and delegate better than anyone you know. And that's one of the biggest challenges for engineering professionals. So I can't talk enough about the program because I personally just love giving the training. These live skill building sessions, there's so much interaction. You can take so much and use it. And seeing people succeed from this program has been very rewarding for myself and the other members here at the Institute. You can check out the course at engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. Our next 
workshop starts in mid-September. Now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's civil engineering conversation, just so you get to know a little bit more about his background before we dive into the conversation. Joseph Barker, P-E-P-T-O-E, is a traffic engineer at Stantec in New Orleans, Louisiana. Joseph attended Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to obtain his Bachelor's of Science in Civil Engineering. As a New Orleans native, it did not take long for Joseph to return to his roots and settle back down in New Orleans. As an engineer with over six years of experience in transportation planning and traffic engineering, Joseph's passion lies in sustainable transportation planning, urban mobility, and the promotion of active modes of transportation. Additionally, much of Joseph's notion of active modes of transportation. Additionally, much of Joseph's work focuses on the planning, design, and implementation of intelligent transportation systems. Joseph is also the chair of the New Orleans chapter of Pride at Stantec, an employee resource group that strives to create a safe and supportive space for LGBTQ colleagues and allies working to build a culture of acceptance and inclusiveness in the workplace. And really the saddest thing about this interview, it was a great interview, but what was sad about it is that we didn't really get to talk about intelligent transportation systems, right? We weren't focused on his expertise. We were talking about the whole situation of what happened to him and how he had to kind of be mentally strong to overcome that, which I think there's a lot of value in for our listeners. All right, so now it's time to jump into today's Civil Engineering Conversation. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now it's time for our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week, and I'm happy to welcome Joseph Barker. Joseph is a traffic engineer at Stantec in New Orleans. Joseph, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Hey, Anthony. I'm happy to be here. So, Joseph, I gave the listeners a little bit of your background, but I want you in your own words just to describe kind of your technical background so they understand the types of projects that you work on and kind of your experience level. So I am a traffic engineer. I went to school for civil engineering and kind of stumbled into transportation engineering when I graduated, just the jobs that were available. But I ended up really finding a passion there. So the majority of my experience has been under transportation planning. So a lot of feasibility studies and environmental impact statements and environmental assessments for proposed roadway projects. So we go in, we come up with potential alignments, potential alternatives. We look at what the environmental impacts are going to be, what the community impacts are going to be, socioeconomic, et cetera. And you know, come up with the best solution that meets the transportation needs of a community with while mitigating impacts. That's where the meat of my experience has really been. In recent years, I've kind of transitioned towards traffic, just wanting a more holistic approach to the transportation planning process. And I've very recently gotten more into intelligent transportation systems because I really think the future of my field is, you know, if we want these roadways to work efficiently and we want these roadways to meet our needs, like we have to get less people in their cars. So we got to promote active modes of transportation, biking, pedestrian. We got to promote transit. And we also have to get with the times. Autonomous vehicles are coming. So we got to make our roadways capable of servicing those. So that's kind of my spiel. We actually recently on episode 85, we interviewed Sam Schwartz, also known as Gridlock Sam Schwartz, who is a really well-known transportation consultant. And he actually touched on quite a bit of the planning, which I found to be really interesting. So it's exciting to hear that you're getting into that. I think it's something that is 
like you said, autonomous vehicles are coming and all kinds of things are coming down the pike. So I'm sure you're headed for some pretty interesting projects along the way here. Let me just give our listener the background here in terms of why I invited Joseph on the show. I was on LinkedIn. I'm connected to Joseph on LinkedIn. And I saw an article that he wrote for Stantec's website, Come Across the Board. And I'll read the title of the article, which will more or less give it away. But the title was, Why I No Longer Think That Being Gay Will Hamper My Career as a Transportation Engineer. And so I went through and it caught my eye and I read the article. It's a pretty moving story that obviously I'm going to let Joseph tell himself here and talk to him about this. But the reason that I invited Joseph on was because in reading the article, to me, it was pretty eye-opening in terms of how, what he had to deal with in terms of having to work and not being able to disclose this to people or felt like he couldn't, at least in the situation he was in, I could only imagine. So Joseph, first of all, thanks for coming on and talking about this. Of course, I'm excited. I think it's something that needs to be talked about. We spend so much of our time in our workplaces. We spend so many hours a week with our coworkers. And if we can't feel like we can be ourselves around those settings, like it's miserable. You know, it you can't be a good, productive, efficient employee if you're so distracted with hiding who you are the whole time. And again, that was one of the things that really came out of the article when I read it. And I'm sure maybe a lot of our listeners haven't seen it. I happen to see it on LinkedIn. But we'll talk about the different aspects of the article. But let's start kind of at the beginning, being entering the civil engineering workforce, being gay, not necessarily openly in civil engineering community. What was that like? It's really interesting. Like it's a culture shock when you graduate college, no matter what. You are in this bubble. So when I picked my major, I didn't think anything of what my sexuality could mean for my career. I really didn't. I'm in this university bubble. I was a resident assistant at LSU also. And that's a very liberal space to be in. It's all about creating safe spaces. It's all about diversity and inclusion. So I was in this little bubble. I was totally blind to what the real world was like, you know, in every aspect of my life. And then I graduate and I'm looking for a job and I graduated in 2011. So, you know, the job market wasn't, it wasn't 2008 job market, but it wasn't amazing. So it took some time to line up a job and I ended up at this tiny, tiny, tiny company. I mean, 10 people. And it was out in the middle of nowhere in a sugarcane field outside of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I remember walking into work the first day and just realizing how different I was than everyone else around me in that office. I mean, I was like, I have nothing in common with these people. I mean, they come to work in camo jackets. They talk about the hunting they did over the weekend. They talk about their wives and husbands, you know, their heterosexual spouses. And I'm like, what am I supposed to talk about with these people? My favorite show is RuPaul's Drag Race. And every weekend involves like a Madonna share Britney Spears medley at the bar. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't know what how I connect with these people on any level. And instead of just pushing through and being myself and saying, this is who I am, you hired me, take it or leave it. I was scared. You know, these people held my job security in my hands. They held my livelihood in their hands. And I was like, if they don't feel like they have anything in common with me either, then what's keeping me here? So, you know, I just 
in that moment, I was out and proud in my personal life. But in that moment, I just thought the best way to get somewhere in this field and to get ahead and to make a name for myself is to just separate those two parts of myself and be out and proud and wear my rainbow stuff on the weekends. But when I walk into work, I pretend like I know something about hunting. I I pretend like I enjoy fishing, you know, like, but you can't pretend for very long. I mean, there's only so much. What ends up happening is you just kind of retreat. You just become like a, you're not your full self. You don't really have anything to say because you're afraid of what you're going to say. So it's just this feeling of you don't belong. And being in the closet, I mean, this is every gay person, LGBTQ person's like plight their whole lives. When you're coming out, it's just like, you don't feel like you fit in. You don't feel like you belong. Like you said, in your personal life, you were out. This wasn't like something you were hiding from everybody. No, I was very out. My now husband, we were dating at that time. We had been dating for about a year. I mean, I was out to my friends, family, like I was living my life, but I was out to my classmates in school. Nobody cared. Like I was living my life and it just, I walked into the workplace and it just hit me that like, oh, this is more complicated than I thought because I live in a very conservative state. I live in Louisiana and there aren't legal protections for LGBTQ workers in my state. And so if the company doesn't make it known that they're not going to fire you for being gay, they can fire you for being gay. So I thought my best recourse was to hide. And it's not a fun place to be. Yeah, like I said, I can't really imagine it. But what did strike me when I read the article that came to my mind was just from a civil engineering perspective, I mean, civil engineering is a pretty complex job. We got to deal with a lot of problems, a lot of issues, a lot of stakeholders, clients, agencies, et cetera. So you have to deal with all that. And then you're dealing with this very personal issue, too, of not being able to be yourself. So I can imagine in terms of your career, in terms of your projects, how difficult it can be to stay focused on that when you're not really able to be authentic. You just can't. You can't bring everything you have to your job if you're not just being yourself. I mean, I remember if I was calling a client for the very first time, it was the first time they were going to hear me speak. I remember purposefully like speaking with a deeper voice to try and like circumvent preconceived notions. And like, I remember just if my coworkers were having chit chat, you know, we're working on something, but you know how you work on something, but you're also chit chatting at the same time. I remember just avoiding the chit chat, but it just made me come across as cold and like uninterested, you know, the quote unquote, not being a team player. I didn't feel like I could be a team player. So it definitely affected my project and my project performance and my work performance because I'm distracted, you know, distracted workers are not getting as much done as they can. And they're not making you as much money as they can in the end. I mean, that's why we're all there. So what was it like on a daily basis, like literally your commute to work? Was all this like in your mind, like the whole time? Oh, yeah. I was like hyping myself up like every day. I was like, okay, you can do this. You got this. You're good. Like, don't say anything about Chris. My husband's name is Chris. If somebody asks you what you did this weekend, don't tell them you went to a drag show. I mean, it was like hyping myself up. I would sit in the parking lot and I'd have to like deep breaths like, okay, because it's just so draining. And that like you're saying, like it affects your work. Like if you're exhausted mentally because you're not just being yourself, how can you sit there and deal with all these complex problems that we have to solve as civil engineers? You know, that takes a lot of brain power there, too. 
You can't give 50% to that and 50% to something else. So beyond that, just like the exhaustion, it's pretty miserable. It puts you in a really negative headspace that, you know, you start to doubt yourself because you're like, is this a problem? Am I a problem? Am I causing the problem? You just start questioning whether or not you picked the right career field because maybe this career field wasn't for me. Maybe it's too conservative. Maybe they're not ready for gay people. And that it's just all the self-doubt comes in. And then, like we said, if you're not doing the best work you can do, of course, then I feel like I'm a subpar employee. So it was just every single day, like drumming up the energy to make it through the day. And then you finish the day. You made it through all the conversations without giving yourself away. You got through all your work you needed to do. You get in the car and you're just like, exhale. Because it's like, okay, I can stop pretending now. I can be myself. Would you say that like today, from the, because of that situation, mentally, like you're stronger? Like has it helped you because you had to go through that and you had to force yourself to deal with it and overcome it? For sure. I mean, a part of the LGBTQ experience is just full on mental toughening. Like you have to be able to put up with so much BS on a day to day basis just because of who you are. You have to be a strong person to make it in this world as a gay person. And I've talked about like hiding myself, but it still didn't like solve everything. You know, like people still figured it out, people still knew. I did slowly eventually start. I was at a Christmas party and I drunkenly told coworkers that I was gay. <laughs> but uh, things didn't necessarily change right away. But there were just moments where I felt uncomfortable. I felt comments being made. You know, people make the joke, that's so gay. And when somebody who knows you're gay makes a that's so gay joke to your face, that's pretty uncomfortable. That doesn't make you feel very good. And there were moments where in my previous jobs, like higher ups in the company, I just didn't feel like I could let that out, out of fear. And I felt like maybe I was being held back because they, I didn't say anything, but, you know, people knew. People talk, you know, once one person knows, everybody knows, let's be real, gossip happens. And it, it was just one of those things where it's like, it's a very much so like a don't ask, don't tell. When you are gay or trans, bi, lesbian, and you're in a conservative area or conservative field, it becomes very don't ask, don't tell. They never ask, you don't tell. But that's not a comfortable place to be in. Because it's like, if you're not asking, and I'm not telling, and you don't want to know, then like, do you even like me? Like, why am I here? So to, you can make all kinds of assumptions in your own mind as to what the situation is. Right. Your mind goes crazy. So how long did you stay with that company? I was with my first company for only a year. And then I made a switch. And I was with the second company for five years. Under the same circumstances? It was better at the second company because it was bigger. It was don't ask, don't tell vibe for me. The company had no, so non-discrimination clauses. All companies have them. Not every company lists sexual orientation and gender identity in their non-discrimination clauses. This company didn't. So at the root of it, I just didn't feel comfortable being the person to divulge that when it's like in the most core statement of what a company believes when it comes to discrimination, you don't list me. I don't have any guarantee that this isn't going to go south. You know, it might be all talk. A Fortune 500 company lists it. Not everybody in the company is going to ascribe to that in their personal life, but it's there. And if you go against that, 
you're going to be dealt with. If it's not there, I don't know what would happen if I went to HR and was like, this person's discriminating against me. I don't know what they would do. I would hope that they would do the right thing. But, you know, after the blog went live, I got a message from an old coworker and this person saying, like, if you had been more open about this, maybe things would have been different for you. I'm like, don't put the blame on me. If you didn't make me feel comfortable enough to divulge this and to share this, the blame is on you. You know, look in the mirror. It's not my responsibility to create an inclusive environment by coming in there, guns a-blazing, laying out the rainbow crosswalk and saying, here I am. It's your job to tell your employees that this is a safe space, that you are respected and you are valued and you can be yourself, whoever that self is. It's easier for someone to say something when you're not there anymore. And that's looking at something in the past. Whereas, you know, like you said, no one was acting that way when you were actually there. So it's nice for someone to reach out and say, hey, you should have told us. But there's no guarantee how they would have reacted to that if you would have told them. So I agree that that's kind of an up in the air type of thing. So you went to the second company, you stayed there for five years, and then you made the move to Stantec. Is that right? Walk us through that. Yes. So basically, I reached a point where I felt like my career was getting stagnant. And I felt like I wasn't being progressed in my career path. And I wasn't being supported in a way that I wanted. I did feel like part of it had to do with my sexuality. But I couldn't say for certain, but it was just the feeling I had. And I just decided I was like, I need to change. I'm in a rut. I'm not happy here anymore. I need to go somewhere where I can just walk in and be as gay as I want to be. And it doesn't matter. And no one's going to care. And I can just do my job and do what I want to do. Because, you know, I listed all the things I want to do in my career. And it's not waving a rainbow flag in your face left and right. It's civil engineering. It's transportation engineering. That's what I want to do. And I don't want to feel hindered by who I am as a person with what I want to do with my life. I was like kind of on the hunt kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I had dinner with a friend in the field. And I was telling him my concerns, telling him how I felt, how exhausted I was with the whole being like hiding myself and et cetera, wanting to find a place where I could be myself. And he mentioned that the next week he was having lunch with somebody at Stantec. And he was like, well, you know, Stantec's a huge company, like it's 22,000 employees worldwide. He was like, you know, they're on it when it comes to HR and diversity and inclusion. You know, they're going to be good with that. I can, he was like, I'll talk to him and see what he thinks. So after that dinner, I went online and I went on Stantec's website and I was going at it for like just kind of digging, seeing what was what they were about, seeing the kind of projects they do, had a few glasses of wine. And I stumbled across a page on their diversity and inclusion page, but it was a page about their involvement in Edmonton Pride. So Stantec is based out of Edmonton in Canada. And last year they rode in the Pride Parade. They had a float in the Pride Parade. And that was their inaugural event for their Pride at Stantec initiative. And it just was like, are you kidding me? There are engineering companies out there that are literally riding in Pride Parades, waving rainbow flags. What? I mean, I was just like gobsmacked. So I texted my friend and I was like, yeah, that guy you're meeting with? Yeah, make that happen. Like, I'm sending you my resume now. He met with him. The guy was intrigued with all my transportation planning experience. And uh, we had lunch like a week later. And then I had a more formal interview like two weeks later. And I had an offer on the table. 
So I went for it. Like, I want to be here. The rest is history. You know, I just to a point where I was like, I can't be in this closet at work anymore. You know, I call the closet the coffin of creativity when I talk about it to people, because like we work in a field that is so creative and so innovative and we have to think outside the box every day. So how am I going to think outside the box if I'm locking myself in a box every day? So I just needed to find that company that was going to let me open my box. And that's definitely been Stantec. I mean, when I got to Stantec, I hit the ground running. I mean, I did not like waste any time. As soon as I got in there, I was like, who is in charge of this initiative? Who is in charge of Pride at Stantec? Tell me now. And got in touch with them. And I started in February. So I started in February. Two weeks after I started, I went on vacation for two weeks. It's kind of weird timing. And then come March, I mean... I was hitting the ground running. I set up a Pride at Stantec chapter here in New Orleans. It's the first chapter of Pride at Stantec in the United States. All the other chapters are in Canada thus far. And then June 9th, we marched in the New Orleans Pride Parade. So went from nothing to having a group of 35 people marching in the New Orleans Pride Parade in a matter of like two months, a month and a half. So you had 35 Stantec employees march with you? It was Stantec employees plus family, but 35 people total walking for Stantec. Our office is only 32 people here in New Orleans. So, well, I guess the point that I'm making is that there was people obviously there that maybe just didn't take the initiative to start it, but then you started it and they came on board, basically. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm not the only gay person in my office. There's multiple of us. So once I got there and I was guns blazing. I was all out like, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm just doing this. The people rallied behind that. They needed like the people that were already there. They wanted to see this happen. They were so excited. And it just took like somebody new coming in with a fresh energy to kind of rally the group together and get this going. So basically, you went from the extreme of not even letting a hint out about being gay to having other gay people working with you, essentially. Oh, yeah. It's been total 180. <laughs> I'm sure it's better, of course, much better that you could be yourself and that people know that you're gay openly and they accept you in Stantec. But I'm saying also to be able to probably go out to lunch or just sit with other people, too, that are gay is probably also something that's very nice to have available to you. It's been really comforting to know that like, even though Stantec is super inclusive, super welcoming, it's still nice to know that like I can walk over to so-and-so's cube and like talk about RuPaul's Drag Race because I know he watches it too. And like to go to lunch and just like when you're in the LGBTQ community, you know, we call the community family. Like if somebody else is gay, you'll say like, oh, they're family because we have to sometimes be each other's families because a lot of gay people do struggle with unsupportive family, you know, blood relatives that don't appreciate who they are and don't accept them. So we have to be family to each other a lot of times. And, you know, it's nice having family at work. <laughs> and I would imagine too, like, and you just reminded me, this is everything going on in right now in the, in the world and the media in terms of like mental health, like, this sounds important because obviously the difference between your mental health at your first company and right now is monumental. And unfortunately, 
I mean, I'm not imagining. I know that there's people that are in your position, a lot of people today, that have to deal with this on a regular basis. And so I think the fact that Stantec and other companies like that are creating spaces like this is really important when you talk about like mental health. No, I mean, the CDC just released a a report that suicide rates are drastically on the rise. Actually, in the last six months, I've been connected to three people that have committed suicide. There's something going on. Like people are depressed. People are hopeless. People feel worthless. And being gay and being in the closet, those are all the feelings that happen. We've all been there. Every LGBTQ person has been there. So movements like this and initiatives like this that create inclusion and they create safe spaces for these employees to be themselves are so important to the mental health of your workers. I mean, forget making money. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about people's health. This is important. Yeah, and the reason I brought that up too is because talking to you earlier on here in the interview about what it was like when you had to go to work every day at that first company, I mean, I can't. I think it's impossible to imagine it without going through it, but just even the thought of it makes it like the mental hurdle seems like, and and over time, day after day, the internal dialogue that you have to deal with is probably so gloomy that it's like you have to work really hard to keep yourself in any kind of positive state of mind. Oh, yes. And it's usually fake it till you make it. Like we're going to pretend to be happy until we're happy. And that's so draining. It just chips away at your psyche. You know, it just chips away at your well-being. And you don't want to know that any of your coworkers are feeling that way. You don't want to know any of your friends are feeling that way. You want everybody to be comfortable. It's just movements like this where you put it out on the table, you put it out in the open. It's not don't ask, don't tell. It's not a dirty little secret. It's fine. It's who you are. It's the way you are. Now let's support each other and do our jobs. You know, like that is just so vital for the mental well-being of LGBTQ workers in America. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever thought about like... I know Stantec's a very large company, so there's, I'm sure that there's opportunities for relocating. Have you ever thought about relocating in terms of moving to a, a geographical location that's like more accepting? Or, Oh, yeah, I definitely thought about it many times over the years. Definitely put in applications to jobs in like New York City, California. And I love New Orleans. I was born and raised in New Orleans. It's a very special place. There's nowhere else like it in the world. You know, I know people say that about where they're from, but it's really true for New Orleans. And it is this kind of little like rainbow oasis in in the middle of a very conservative part of the country. And Louisiana is a very conservative state, but New Orleans is a very liberal city. And it's a very gay city. It's like there's a lot of gay people here. A lot of LGBTQ people travel here. There's you know, whole festivals. We have pride, but we also have Southern Decadence, which is another LGBTQ festival. I feel safe in New Orleans for sure. So I didn't want to go anywhere. And I have family here. This is where I was raised. And there's just little things about New Orleans that are so, that's so quirky and different. It's so laid back. Like, you know, it's the big easy is what they call us because everybody's so relaxed and chill. But then, you know, we live by les les bon temps roulés, which is let the good times roll. So we have fun, but we're super relaxed. So I love it here. It was this, always this thing of like, I could move and live in a more liberal part of the country. But like, I'm not a quitter. Like, 
I'm not going to accept defeat. Like, I want to be here, so I'm going to be here and you're going to deal with it is basically the mentality I adopted. It's not an easy thing to do. Let's put it that way. I think we've already kind of driven that home, but I'm glad that it worked out for you and that you were able to stay in your hometown and find such a great opportunity with Stantec. And I thank you that you're able to, or you're, you were willing to come on the podcast and just kind of share the story with our listeners because civil engineering is challenging enough and having companies like Stantec that are welcoming and making people feel inclusive, I think is a very, very powerful thing and a very good thing for our industry overall. So it's great to hear that. So what we're going to do now is Joseph's going to stick with me. We're going to come back in a minute and we're going to ask him a few questions about his professional development on our civil engineering hot seat segment. So stick around for that. Civil engineering podcast. Civil engineering podcast. I hope you're enjoying our interview with Joseph Barker from Stantec. Now we're going to put Joseph on the CE hot seat and ask him a couple of questions about his professional development. But before we do that, I do want to, again, recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. I have some big news for my civil engineer listeners. If you've been thinking of getting your PE license, but you're unsure of where to start, now is the perfect time to check out PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Best of all, PPI has recently released the brand new Civil Engineering Reference Manual, the essential book for your PE civil exam prep. Visit ppi2pass.com to order the new Civil Engineering Reference Manual and take one step closer to career advancement. That's ppi2pass.com. I also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TCE8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TCE8, which stands for the civil engineer and the number eight. All right. I'm back with Joseph Barker from Stantec. Joseph's a transportation engineer and he came on and shared his story about finally being able to kind of be himself and be openly gay in the civil engineering community. And now we're going to kind of shift and talk a little bit about his professional development on our hot seat segment. Joseph, you ready? I think so. All right. First question, are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or a lunchtime routine, something that you do consistently on a daily basis that contributes to your success? The thing I do every morning when I get into the office, I do something called bullet journaling. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a style of journaling and like to-do list making. But I take a a grid mole, a blank grid moleskin, and I write out a little calendar for the day, and I block out my day, and then I do like a little to-do list, and I do that every morning from like seven thirty to eight a.m. every morning, just to know where I'm going with my day, know what I need to get done. And it helps me plan for the unexpected also. Because if I see it in front of me, everything I need to get done, if stuff comes up, I can work it into my schedule somehow. All right. See that? This is episode number 90. And there's always new things that come on through people's routines. So that's great. All right. Next question. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you have found to be extremely helpful in your professional and or personal development? It's not anything to do with engineering, but the one book I always tell people they need to read if they haven't, it's called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, I believe is how you say his last name. It has nothing to do with civil engineering. 
It's a novel and it's just about self-discovery and taking chances and being your authentic self and going on adventures and seeing where life takes you. It's a beautiful book. It will definitely change your perspective on what you want out of life and where you're investing your time and your energy. It's a wonderful book and I read it on a regular basis, actually, usually once a year. It's just such a good story. And if you actually read into what it took for him to get that book published. It's also an inspiring story. I think he had to go on like thousands and thousands of calls until a publisher took a role on him. And basically it's one of the greatest selling books ever now. So yeah, awesome book, The Alchemist by Puello Coelho. Yes. Last question for you here, and we call it the critical civil engineering career elevator advice question. So if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and you had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her and you had to give him or her career advice in that short period of time, what would it be? The thing I tell myself regularly is, you know, the saying is good things come to those who wait. And I don't believe in that. I believe in good things come to those who push for it, who fight for it, and who don't take no for an answer. So if anybody is telling you you can't do something, go do it anyway. If somebody is trying to hold you back, push them out of the way. I mean, just do whatever you need to do to get where you want to be in life because you are the author of your own success and your own future. That's not decided for you by anyone else. You are the person that's going to create the life that you want. And I was going to ask you actually one more question, and I think you may have just answered it, but the question was going to be, for people that are dealing with any kind of situation where they're not comfortable in being themselves around people, I was going to ask you know, you know you how you can kind of deal with it and try to stay mentally strong. And it seems like some of the things that you just said are part of what you can tell yourself. Oh, definitely. And I think to add to that, you know, that's definitely a good pep talk to give yourself in the morning. But to add to that, the one of the biggest things is to find an ally, to find a friend. There's got to be somebody at your office that you trust, that you can confide in, that maybe already knows that you're gay. You know, latch on to them and, you know, talk to them. If you need to talk to, about anything, talk to them, but also bounce ideas off them. If you are interested in getting a pride initiative going at your company, you're going to need supporters. You're going to need backers. So really, my biggest advice is find a friend because life is too complicated and too messy and too crazy to go through it alone. Joseph Barker from Stantec, thank you for spending some time with us on the Civil Engineering Podcast. I really wish you all the best at Stantec. And now that you're able to really be authentic, I'm excited to kind of see what you'll produce in terms of projects and, and transportation engineering going forward. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. I had a great time. I didn't know what to expect, but it was fun. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. I know it was a topic that we haven't quite discussed yet, but I thought it was important just to get out there to people that you have to be yourself in your work. If you can't be yourself as a civil engineer, you're not going to be able to contribute to the world in a powerful way. So I hope all of you are able to do that. And if you're not, you can take steps to do so. Before I let you go, I just want to again mention that our next session of the Engineering Management Accelerator Workshop begins on September 14, 2018. If you're wondering what it is, it's a five-week online workshop that will help you to either become a more effective manager or transition into an effective manager, whether you are or aren't already a manager. It's going to help you build the skills you need, the communication skills, the people skills, the ability to be productive, which is very important in managing projects, 
And also we're going to get into leadership in terms of how to delegate effectively, which is the biggest challenge for all engineering professionals. And I just want to read you quickly a couple of just responses from engineers that just finished one of our last programs. The first one is EMA really helped me understand how to be an effective communicator. I have more confidence now in myself and my approach when it comes to communicating with clients and other consultants. Think how valuable that is. If you started getting more confidence in your ability to speak with clients, other consultants, et cetera, that's invaluable in my opinion, in the work I've done with engineers and seeing how it can impact someone. The other one I wanted to read simply said, the engineering management accelerator has provided me a framework for becoming a better manager. And that sounds like a very simple testimonial, but whenever you have frameworks that you can operate in, it kind of cultivates success right? It cultivates good habits. And so those are, I'm very happy of those testimonials because that's the testimonials we're going for. Those are the things that we want to have happen to engineers that go through the program. So please go to engineer2manager.com to check it out. That's engineer2manager.com. And if you prefer to ask questions of someone, you can call our office at 201-857-2384. Again, that's 201-857-2384. All right, please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 90. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. Until next time, I wish you all the best in your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success. 